Hey everyone, I'm your host Tom Shaughnessy and welcome back to Chain Reaction, a research-driven podcast that's a part of Delphi Digital. If you're not on Delphi's research portal, you're missing out on the critical analysis read by the top minds in the crypto space, so be sure to check it out. One quick housekeeping item, nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. I may personally hold tokens mentioned on the podcast, and you can view our show notes below for our complete disclosures. With that, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, it's Tom Shaughnessy and welcome back to Chain Reaction. Today I have on Anton, who's co-founder and CTO of One Inch Exchange. Anton, how's it going? Hey everyone, I'm Anton from One Inch. It's been a busy uh, busy 24 hours for you, right Anton? Yeah, yeah. We just released new product and it was at 3 a.m. in my local time. Oh wow. So... Uh, Anton, I want to get into one inch and I want to get into Mooniswap, but tell us a little bit about um, yourself first. Yeah, sure. I, I'm personally a software developer who started writing my first programs uh, more than 15 years ago. And uh, I, I usually work with uh, native languages like C, uh, Objective C, and uh, many others, and uh, spend like many years developing desktop applications, cross-platform applications, um, mobile native applications like iOS uh, applications and some games. And uh, three years ago, uh, I came up to blockchain and uh, like tried to write smart contracts. And I was so amazed by the power which I could achieve. Uh, so I just fall in love with smart contracts and uh, is still here. That's awesome. So what about One Inch Exchange? Tell us the brief overview on what the exchange is for those who might not know. Uh, yeah, you, you know, one year ago, when we were on F New York hackathon of F Global, we came up to idea that prices on each individual DEX is not perfect and when we need to swap some uh, few hundred bucks of some tokens to to another tokens we should check all, all existing indexes because they could give so different prices that we could easily lose few bucks just swapping 200 bucks could could produce a loss of two to five bucks possibly at that moment as i remember they were like popular Uniswap, uh, Kyber Network, and Banker. They were like the most popular ones with uh, a huge number of tokens. And uh, we found out that it, it, is not, it was not convenient to check all three DEXs. And we wrote a software to show all, all the prices from all these DEXs on the same page. And then we came up to idea that we could even build a transaction to swap on any of these DEXs. And then on, on the same hackathon, we also came up to the idea that we could improve prices if we would split user volume on these DEXs. You know, the, the more you swap on each DEX, the worse is the, is the rate. And uh, if you would split your amount, this would give you a better rate. Makes a lot of sense. Are there other DEX aggregators in the space today? Yeah, right now there are like three to four DEX aggregators. When we started, we did not hear about any, but 
uh, in fact, some of them existed, but they were never aggregated actively. You know, they just showed some prices on different DEXs, and it was up to you to go to these DEXs and do these swaps. And uh, we just like started all this hype around uh, building a DEX and DeFi aggregators. And uh, right now we're like the leading DEX aggregator with more than uh, 80% of uh, volume among other aggregators. That's incredible. Yeah, you guys clearly have the lion's share. And when exactly did One Inch Exchange go live again? Sorry if I missed that. Uh, it was uh, maybe 24 May 2011, nearly to uh, this date. What was that? It was 2011, you said? Or, or how yeah. long ago? Yeah, it was more, more than one year ago. Yeah, on oh, more than one year ago. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, it, gotcha. That- in this one year, we like achieved almost exponential growth. Each each month, we did half of uh, total volume, and uh, each month we like doubled it. Uh, it. It worked for from September to March, and then from June to July also, and. Uh, yeah, well, also in one year we achieved uh, one billion USD in total volume. Wow! Yeah, that's that's just incredible. I mean, it's uh, it's got to feel like some crazy. Is this what you expected? Did you expect more or less? Or uh, this stuff usually doesn't come up in the models, right? You know, when we like started and worked on it for a few months in September of previous year, we had like uh, one hundred uh, bucks uh, in volume in month. And we, we couldn't expect that we could reach 1 billion in less than one year. It, it was like pretty unexpected for us. And uh, you could yeah, imagine that's incredible. From, from this volume, we had like exponential volumes uh, from month over month for uh, six or seven months. And uh, we grew a lot. You know, in July, we did 600 millions in, in volume. Yeah, the growth is just incredible. And this is a dumb question for you, but for those who are new to One Inch, what's the better or how much better is execution using One Inch Exchange than using like a single decentralized exchange like Uniswap or Kyber or something like that? Like, I know it really varies on the asset and stuff like that, but any details you can share here would be helpful. Yeah, you, you know, when we started, it was like just splitting among several resources like four to five DEXs which had support of some tokens it, it was just splitting but for now we have like a more advanced algorithm and we have to handle hundreds of different pools you know each balancer pool each uh, uniswap pool each banker pool they're like each of them is a separate decks with separate prices separate slippages and uh, w- when you w- want to swap your tokens if you would select one of these resources, you can really miss uh, the, the best prices on the market. Even without splitting, you have to check four to five different websites to, to decide where to perform the swap because the difference could be pretty huge. And uh, when, we, when you use aggregator, you could possibly have a higher fees for example, Uniswap could give you some result, 
but one inch can give you, uh, for example, 10 bucks more result, but transaction would cost seven bucks more. This makes sense to perform this transaction on one inch because you would get three bucks more. It's like difference be between how much tokens you would get and how much more gas you would spend. It's profitable to swap on one inch, but uh, sometimes it's not obvious to to compare the results on different DEXs because all of them have uh, d different gas costs. Yeah, I think we've all been there where we're pulling up 10 exchanges in our browser and multiplying the ETH price by <laughs> trying to figure out where yeah. the best execution could be. What's um? How does one inch work under the hood though? I mean, are you guys like batching orders together or are you kind of pooling orders from different DEXs or, you know, if I put an order in on one inch, is it getting filled across multiple DEXs or are you choosing the best one? How exactly does that all work? Yeah, as I started to describe, uh, the what happens under the hood is that we have to check hundreds of different sources. Uh, and uh, uh, if uh, when we started, it was just splitting. For now, it's not splitting or looking for a best path with splitting on each step. It's uh, finding a multi-path. It's like, it's like flow. In math, it's like max flow, possibly, when you have some tokens uh, swap it to different tokens, and then these tokens swap it to some another tokens, and finally, final tokens are swapped to the re resulting token. And uh, th this allows us to reduce slippage a lot, and on some even significant volumes, I mean, uh, on a few thousand of bucks or even ten thousand of bucks, on-chain DEX aggregators could produce better rate than uh, centralized exchanges, even on such high fees, which we see now. Yeah, it's the fees and the slippage are, are really high now. I mean, do you see your guys, I mean, directionally just zooming out a bit, um, I guess you're of the opinion that you guys will overtake centralized exchanges in some time. I mean, centralized exchanges are, I guess, necessary for fiat on-ramps and a great user experience and stuff like that. but are you of the opinion that you think DEXs and, and of course, one inch being an aggregator will overtake centralized exchanges um, in terms of volume? I know it's kind of a small percent right now, though. Yeah, you know, right now it's small percent, uh, which represents DEXs volume to centralized exchange volume. But one year, one year ago, it was 100 times less. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's growing fast. It's, it's not growing like linearly, it's growing in uh, exponential mode. And uh, it, it's highly possible that the DEXs would achieve volumes of uh, DEXs because like what, what we did to hold the DEXs is that we built a single huge super DEX from uh, distributed liquidity of all, all the DEXs. And, uh, Right now, one inch already have volume which is uh, like bigger than on some centralized exchanges, but uh, not like the biggest ones, you know. Yeah, so I believe that Texas volumes would grow, would continue this growth, and uh, possibly like more and more Texas will have like lower volumes than Texas.
Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, the growth has just been insane. And before we go on to Mooniswap, I mean, one question with OneInch. I mean, as CTO, what's been the hardest technical challenge with growing OneInch Exchange? Oh, maybe the the most hot topic on uh, our internal discussions what was about having a best algorithm behind the scene, the scene, uh, to produce the most uh, the most pro- profitable path of the swap, and uh, it it was really hard to develop it. And we're gonna release our next version of this algorithm, and uh, it, it would build like the the most advanced paths which are on the market, because we see some uh, some aggregators follow it our idea and build like. Pretty similar software, but some of them have like less resources. Some of them have like not uh, not exactly the same algo, but a bit worse. But we came up to idea how to have like one of the best algorithms, which could produce much better prices for some uh, for some pairs right now on existing market. And uh, uh, we think this would push uh, one inch forward for maybe half a year. And Anton, I mean, just thinking about the differences between being a specific DEX like, say, Uniswap and being an aggregator like one inch, do you ever feel like there might come a time when one of the DEXs gains a majority of the market share? It's probably Uniswap right now. And there might not be a reason to use an aggregator because there's enough volume on set decentralized exchange or do you think that there will always be a place for an aggregator just given how you know disparate crypto is it's all over the place yeah you know we see that uniswap is getting much more volumes than any other decks and we suspect these users are not familiar with defi ecosystem mostly they do swaps but we can check their wallets they do not interact with other DeFi uh, projects and uh, it seems strange but we believe they would uh, become more advanced in a few months they would educate uh, their own and uh, they would know about uh, uh, aggregators because now we see that uh, some of them have a pretty huge slippage on swaps it's like few persons and uh, uh, we, we we like can easily check that on the same volumes they could have like a much better price if they would use aggregator. Yeah, that's interesting about the users not um, interacting with other tokens or DeFi protocols. It sounds like what you're seeing now is a lot of speculators come in. It's, it's kind of obvious, possible. but it's cool to track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, well, it's let's possible. Um, Maybe some centralized uh, exchanges traders switch it to Uniswap, it's highly possible. You know, that's exactly what we noticed, that some of them have a pretty huge slippages. And we measured this. We calculated some statistics on some pools like USDCF and USDT, USDC, and Wi-Fi ETH. And uh, we just found that uh, slippages distribution is pretty normal among all of the all of these pools, all all of these swaps on these pools, and uh, 
that's the issue we tried to solve with uh, MuniSwap. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, Anton. And I want to go on while we have, I want to spend the second half talking about MuniSwap. So you guys basically created your own automated market maker and launched just yesterday from the time of this recording. Let's first start with what exactly is an automated market maker? Yeah, you know, automated market makers is like absolutely new feature comparing to uh, like uh, centralized exchanges and uh, uh, traditional markets. It it was like never existing before blockchains because uh, it's software which uh, you can dedicate some assets to it and uh, this software would trade your assets uh, such a way to earn some fees for you and uh, keep keep your like portfolio balanced. Most of automated market makers follow this strategy. Yeah, and uh, m- most of them, like, what would you have with your assets if you would put them in, into AMM automated market maker? Is that you would achieve a uh, instantly rebalancing portfolio of several assets for Uniswap. Uh, version 1 and version 2, you would get instantly rebalancing portfolio of two assets. For balancer, you would get instantly rebalancing portfolio of several assets in different proportions. And uh, same for the banker and uh, some other aggregators, uh, market makers. And it's pretty different from what we saw on centralized exchanges and uh, order book-based decentralized exchanges like Everdelta, Zero X, and uh, uh, Oasis, and and some others. You know, it's like a pretty different way to to have uh, demand and supply of, of the assets. And uh, it's pretty cool because it's a huge problem to, to, to meet demand and supply at some exact price. And the... Uh, most of the order book based DEXs have problem that they have like a huge spread and uh, you, you can buy and sell tokens with a huge, super huge slippage, like tens of persons. Some of popular uh, order book based DEXs have like uh, better rates, more tight spreads, and uh, works better. But what we see on uh, AMM, Automated Market Maker, is that they can produce supply and demand uh, on any possible volume and the price would depend on this volume. The more liquidity is on the balance of this AMM, the the better price it would produce for some exact volume. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you about our new sponsor, Crypto.com. Crypto.com's exchange is a rapidly growing trading venue with a strong retail flow. Top institutions can receive a credit line and highly competitive maker-taker fees. Their platform is robust, secure, and compliant. You can get started trading today on the Crypto.com exchange. And to get in touch with their institutional sales team, visit bit.ly slash Crypto Delphi now or click the link in the show notes. Now back to our show. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting to see the differences between DEXs and AMMs. And AMMs make a lot of sense because it's liquidity pool. You could switch tokens easily. It's non-custodial. And then the liquidity providers earn income and trading fees uh, from their kind of dormant assets that they stake in the pools themselves. I guess the question for you here is, and um, this might be a long-winded question, but I'm, I'm interested to get into it, is 
you know, what are the, what are the key differences between Mooniswap? Um, and I'm not sure if it launched it. I think it has, cause I see the toggle on your, on one inch exchanges UX, but what are the differences between Mooniswap and other AMMs? Yeah, the key, the key difference is that most AMMs, they do earn on a uh, fixed fee. You know, Uniswap have fixed 0.3% fee. Balancer have fixed uh, fee configurable by pool creator. And uh, uh, when people swap on these pools, automated market makers, they do have like some price. And the more they swap, the worse is the price. But price consists of two parts. One is uh, this fixed fee applied, and another one is slippage applied, which depends on, on, on the volume. And uh, in fact, uh, almost no one of existing AMMs do not try to earn uh, on slippages. They just do have like some fixed fees, and they do earn on this. And when we see that people swap and uh, lose like few persons, uh, we can immediately observe that these few persons are earned by the fastest arbitrage trader who came uh, in, in the same block and performed swap in opposite direction. So if you would lose a few hundred bucks on uh, AMM by, by swapping some, some huge volume, maybe 10,000 of bucks, uh, in the same exact block, arbitrage trader would come and swap it back to earn this few hundred bucks. And we realized that this is uh, an issue which we could solve. And uh, we came up to idea: do not provide arbitrage huge, do not provide huge arbitrage opportunity in opposite direction immediately, as every other AMM do. We came up to idea that when someone have like a super sleepy swap, we could slowly increase arbitrage opportunity in opposite direction. But when someone have a huge swap, the price for opposite direction will remain the same at this exact moment. And it will slowly improve itself over the time. Got it. So a lot to unpack there. So basically... If I'm understanding this correctly, what you're saying is that the market, like given the AMMs that exist today, the arbitragers are not giving any of the profits to the people who are providing the assets who are the liquidity providers? Yeah. yeah Got it. Know, okay. Oh, sorry. Go the, ahead. This, the slippages I earned by arbitrage traders, and arbitrage traders share a lot of huge part of, of these earnings with miners. They do pay a super huge uh, gas price to get opportunity to capture these uh, profits. Got it. I mean, there's no other though. Are there any other projects in the space like you know Thorchain or or other pools or other AMMs that are sharing the slippage with their LPs, or is it only you guys? What's your take there on the differences uh, between those projects? Yeah, some projects tried, but this all ends up that they're price depends on the volume such a way that splitting your volume on two sequential swaps would give you a better result. And uh, I, I don't think it's like a good idea because if you would try to optimize uh, exchange rate, you would split your volume onto several 
uh, swaps on, on single uh, on single pool, and you would like effectively feed miner with uh, additional gas. Got it. Okay, I'm just trying to think through this while I have you. So, if you're splitting the profits that would normally go to arbitragers with the liquidity providers, does that impact yeah. the ability to get arbitragers on the system to maintain? fair and efficient prices within the pools? Because like, if I'm an arbitrager and I'm going to make less money, like, is it worth coming to Uniswap? Yeah. You, you know, since uh, arbitrage environment is like highly competitive, it's not an option for them to participate or not. If they would wait for a few minutes, they would have like a full, uh, full arbitrage opportunity, but they can't wait. It's like a question for each arbitrage trader. It's like, you can like earn, uh, for example, three bucks, and transaction would cost you two bucks. You you can you could get one bucks profit now, or you could wait a bit to increase your profit, but someone else could capture this profit. Makes sense. And how exactly are you guys implementing this though? Like, what's the like? How do you make it so that the arbitrage traders have to act slowly? I read about a five minute time delay, but I'm not sure like what that actually means in practice. Yeah, we implemented uh, virtual balances. Uh, when swap happens, real balances changes, but we do keep virtual balances to swap in both directions. So we have two real balances and four virtual balances, which effectively, effectively forms uh, two different points with two different prices for both directions. And if you would wait for five minutes, virtual points would reach uh, real points. Uh, like virtual balances would reach real balances, and it will be like in a full fully sync uh, as as Uniswap is with like single spot price for buy and sell. But when you do some trades, you have like uh, something which is similar to spread, and uh, this spread is getting tight over over the time. And the thing is that we are slowly improving prices. This means when whenever anyone asks an AMM smart contract what is the current price for swap in this direction, it returns different values based on uh, current time timestamp. And this allows us to linearly improve the price. Uh, I mean, improve improving means that our virtual balances is uh, linearly moving from uh, previous state to real balances state. Okay. You know, I have to add that we, when we came up to this idea, we like slightly remembered that we read something similar a while ago and we found uh, Vitalik's, uh, Vitalik Buterin article uh, about uh, how, how to protect AMM from front running. And uh, we were surprised that he proposed a very similar solution to avoid front running. He suggested to use virtual prices on the same block and reset them in next block. Or if arbitrage traders is not advanced or it's some different blockchain where uh, they can't fit into the same block, he suggested maybe slightly change virtual balances to real balances. And uh, it seems like it's exactly the same 
behavior, exactly the same idea, but he was trying to solve front-running attacks on uh, on uh, traders. You, you know, when, when you're going to swap something, uh, someone could be faster than you and uh, can buy before you, and after you would get worse price, it will sell after after your purchase and would earn on you. That, that's called front-running. And Vitalik tried to solve this issue, but we came up to exactly the same solution, trying to solve different issues. And in fact, we got front-running protection for free. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. I mean, you guys just dropped this a couple hours ago, basically. It's it's really interesting to see. And just going back to the Uniswap example, if you guys are sharing part of the profits away from arbitragers to liquidity providers, the goal is ultimately to attract more liquidity providers and more capital to your platform versus Uniswap and competing platforms, right? Yeah, you know, arbitrage traders is very needed for automated market makers to keep them balanced and like in working state. And uh, we were not just happy how, how much they earn and how this, uh, how fast this happens. You know, it's like the fastest and luckiest arbitrage traders could earn a lot because we measured that uh, on on some pools, uh, on most pools that we measured. Uh, arbitrage traders poss- uh, possibly earn at least the same uh, amount as liquidity providers. But on some pools, arbitrage traders' earnings uh, ex- ex- exceeds the li- liquidity providers' earnings. For example, on Wi-Fi pool, arbitrage tra- traders possibly earned 3.5x times more than liquidity providers. And on, for example, USDC eighth pool, uh, we measured it for a few months. And they earned the same amount. It's like uh, it's like almost the same. And uh, we came up that we could uh, increase earnings of liquidity providers at least from two to three times, or possibly tens of persons if. Uh, arbitrage uh, arbitrage traders would earn something <laughs> significant and uh, we think this would allow to earn more for liquidity providers and also we have uh, some uh, special um, referral shares for integrators those who created transaction and uh, brings the volumes they could earn uh, five persons of what liquidity providers earned. Wow. So at the end of the day, do you expect... So Mooniswap is live now, right? Yeah, it was launched less than 24 hours ago, but uh, right now I, I can see it uh, captured uh, more than 4 millions. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so do you right expect, now. though, to maintain or do you expect to attract the majority of Uniswap's liquidity considering you guys are potentially much more profitable for them uh, it's uh, it's possible with time you know uh, but the thing is that uh, people who are liquidity providers they are they, they do rebalancing uh, liquidity providing opportunities and th- this is like trade-off between high APR and uh, like uh, risks because if, if they would uh, see uniswap as a system which works for many months and is like safe because no one 
broke it for this period. And when they see Muniswap, which was launched less than uh, 24 hours ago, they maybe see that it could produce higher APR, but they do not uh, want to handle such risks now. So it's like trade-off between APR and risks. And uh, over the time, uh, I, I believe uh, Muniswap will be able to capture some significant part of uh, of all this total uh, value locked. Yeah, I'm looking at your, your post, and I mean, just comparing the Uniswap V2 income pool with the Muniswap LP income pool and your simulations. And I mean, it, you guys said that the Muniswap LPs could get 50 to 200% more income for their liquidity because they're, you know, you guys are re- redirecting the slippage profits to them or some of that slippage profits. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, if you were Hayden at Uniswap, what would your pushback be to Muniswap? Like if he, like what questions or problems do you think he might bring up with the platform or, or any concerns? What, what concerns do you think he would voice? Um, I'm not sure I get the question right. Um, like for, yeah, of course. Like if I'm a big Uniswap LP or or I love the platform, like what would be a reason to stay on Uniswap instead of coming to your AMM Muniswap? Uh, yeah, sure. You know, you know, it's about rebalancing APRs. If some system have like twice bigger APR on, on the same conditions, on the same uh, liquidity amount, it would capture like two two more times uh, more uh, liquidity, and uh, th- this APR w- will be effective, effectively rebalanced. Yeah, you know, we launched Muniswap with the same uh, fixed fee, also 0.3%, because it makes no sense to launch without any fee, but uh, we have like a method to change it. It could be changed from, changed from 0 to 0.3, no more. And uh, we think that we can do some measurements, and it's there is like a high chance that changing this fixed fee to zero would uh, allow to have better prices, and will still ha- uh, allow to have high income. So at some point, we possibly will switch zero point three fixed fee to zero. That's interesting. Yeah. So having the zero percent swap fee means that anybody using it obviously sees much lower fees outside of Ethereum's gas fees, which are kind of crazy. But LPs are still earning rewards because you're splitting part of the slippage with them. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's right because, yeah, yeah, there, there are two sources of fees, uh, like fixed fee and uh, slippage fee. And uh, most of AMMs now can earn only on fixed fee and they do not touch uh, slippage fee at all and we found a way to earn on uh, slippage fees and uh, uh, possibly when we will would reach some significant volumes uh, it will not be necessary to have fixed fee and this would allow to even improve prices c- c- comparing to other AMMs. That's awesome. So I guess you guys just launched this so it's probably an annoying question but what's next on the roadmap for Muniswap? Like um, <laughs> What else do you want to add to this? What's what's on the horizon? You, you know, we also introduced oracles. You, you thought that Uniswap have a time weight average price oracles. The way as we implemented our uh, AMM, it was not able to have a time weight, or it was possible, but we were like considering a different idea, and we built 
uh, volume weight average price oracles. And uh, we, we are going to do some measurements o- on them because uh, we, we wish, really wish to have uh, non-manipulatable uh, decentralized permissionless oracles. And uh, like this would require to do some measurements, how much they are actually manipulatable or not. Because, you know, wash trading is strictly limited on Uniswap. On Uniswap, you can uh, wash any amount uh, in just one block. You can swap in two directions 100 times. And uh, it, it's, it makes no sense to have volume weight average price oracles on Uniswap. The, the way as Muniswap behaves, it's not possible to wash trade a lot because this would just increase the spread and uh, you, you will just feed this pool effectively. And, uh, Got it. So, so wash trading would actually benefit the LPs because they would just be getting a ton of fees and slippage? Yeah, they, they will capture h- huge part of, of the slippages right at the moment of the washing, you know. That's interesting. So just unrelated question, but where do people get involved with Muniswap on the LP side? Like where could I go and, you know, stake my Ethereum or, or something like that in one of the pools? Yeah. Uh, you mean how they can do this? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There are two ways. They can open Muniswap.exchange. Uh, we used uh, Uniswap uh, web interface. We forked it because uh, license allowed this. It's uh, also open source, so as a license uh, uh, asks us, you know. And uh, uh, you can do this over uh, Uniswap-like interface, or you could could open uh, one-inch exchange, uh, the Earn tab. We have Earn tab with all the pools of all, all the different protocols where you can compare their APRs, their liquidity, and you could also de- deposit and withdraw uh, on this interface, we have like most of the AMMs there, and also lending protocols and uh, everything that could be uh, that behaves like a pool, you know. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I mean, it looks exactly like the, the Uniswap UX. I guess that's a good thing because uh, people are used to it. Yeah, you know, it was like it makes like no sense for us to uh, spend a lot of time on developing web interface which we could borrow from Uniswap. You know, all kudos to Uniswap for uh, making this great UI open source because anyone can use it uh, if he would uh, follow the license. You know, license uh, requires to have modified version also open source and so on. Yeah, this is awesome. Well, Anton, this has been an incredible episode, man. I mean, we covered... We covered one inch, which is your DEX aggregator, which has just seen incredible volume. And then Muniswap, which is your AMM, which is super interesting because, I mean, you're sharing slippage so LPs could get potentially more income, which is pretty interesting. And that could help um, supply a lot of capital to the pools. I mean, before I let you go, Anton, what's your um, what's your biggest concern when it comes to Muniswap's growth? Like what keeps you up at night or what do you think could be an issue down the line um, or anything like that compared to Muniswap? We like not expected that uh, Muniswap launch would uh, create su- such a huge hype on Twitter and all the social networks. But in, in fact, it uh, created a hype. Uh, even Vitalik Buterin uh, wrote a tweet uh, where he m- mentioned Muniswap and uh, 
also gave link to his article where he proposed a similar solution with virtual balances for uh, fighting uh, front-running attacks. So it, it was like pretty unexpected for us that it would get so much traction in first day. We expected we could like reach maybe a few millions uh, uh, liquidity amount in a few weeks, but in fact, uh, in less than 24 hours, I see right now more than four millions of uh, liquidity. So for now, for for us, it's experiment. You know, we also hired uh, guys who performed Uniswap version 2 audit because they're like familiar with AMMs a lot and they know how, they know what to expect from uh, AMMs. And for us, it's like experiment and we wish to see what would happen with this protocol and uh, we will uh, like, it's subject to discover what else should be done um, significantly to to some like provide some significant improvements in some areas and uh, if we would like find anything we could uh, significantly improve we would like uh, deliver next version and would like to see what would happen with the protocol that's awesome i mean it's crazy you guys have had such great success with one inch exchange you know, so much volume, and now you're launching an AMM. It's like, it's just wild to think about. Do, do you think that Mooniswap will ever put one inch out of business? Like, do, do you expect in the future for the majority of volume to switch or, or for Mooniswap to overtake one inch exchange? Um, not sure, because <laughs> I believe people would use aggregators to get the best possible prices. Because uh, for, for now, if, if you would use MuniSwap Exchange interface, it would work only with MuniSwap pools, for sure. It's like separate interface for this exact protocol. But uh, I believe people would use aggregators for, for exchanging their assets because it's more profitable for them. Yeah. That's awesome. That makes sense. Well, Anton, it's been awesome having you on. I really appreciate you coming on on such short notice. Literally dropped a couple hours ago. So um, I really appreciate your time. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please support the show by hitting subscribe on iTunes, writing a review, or sharing this episode on Twitter and LinkedIn. And stay tuned for our next episode out soon.